Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Being on time means always being early. So if I gave you a million dollars cash, no taxes, cash, to not be late at all, ever, to be early to everything for 30 days straight, do you think you could do it? Of course they could. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, we discussed the first step towards finding our resolve and becoming more engaged, which is acknowledging just how disengaged we usually are. With that awareness, we can now start flexing our engagement muscles and practicing this skill as both managers of others and, more importantly, managers of ourselves. And listen up. We've got a brand new live course starting January 10th, 2019, and it's a good one, so I don't want you to miss out. It's called Managing with Inquiry, Create Powerful Change Through Radical Acceptance. If you've tried on the teachings of Clear and Open even just a tiny bit, you already know the real power is not in doing, but in undoing. In this new 11-week course, I'll be teaching you how to use the power of questioning yourself to create radical change. When you have the guts to look in the mirror, I mean really, really look, you can completely undo the limiting beliefs, negative patterns, and untrue but destructive assumptions that are holding you back and fast. I'm extra excited about this new course because I'm changing things up a bit and making this one a very hands-on workshop. You're going to get the kind of attention usually only my one-on-one clients get at a fraction of the cost. Each week, I'll work with people individually toward the benefit of the whole group. It's a great way to learn. And you're going to learn how to use inquiry with others so you can uncover the power of your colleagues and employees as well. It really does work. I'm predicting this will be the most powerful course I've ever taught because of the results I've seen in trying this model with my clients and certainly with myself. You're going to learn how to free up energy, time, and focus by being more in reality than you've ever realized and less in stress, anxiety, and overwhelm that you're going to learn you've been making up. Imagine a life where whenever you feel stressed out or upset, you know you're just a few deep questions away from it all disappearing. If that's something you desire, then this course is for you. Find out more at clearandopen.com slash inquiry. That's clearandopen.com slash inquiry. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. A couple of ground rules for uh, this course. No multitasking. If your video is distracting, if you've got children playing behind you or you're turning your video off and on because people are coming in your office, I will mute your video. If you log out and come back and it continues, I will kick you off the call. And you won't actually be able to come back because I'm going to lock the meetings from now on right at start time. So be early or don't come. Because this is how I stand for your level of engagement. And you can listen to the recordings. How many of you know about uh, EST? Earhart seminar training from the 70s, I believe. Later became uh, Landmark Education. He sold the intellectual property to Landmark Education. And uh, I did a a lot of the Landmark programs back around 2000, 2001. 
And if you're hovering around thinking about doing any of their programs, eventually someone will tell you, aren't those the people who lock you in the room and won't let you go to the bathroom? Which is one of the urban myths about Est and, and still Landmark. And then when you actually go to the course, they say some stuff kind of like this in the same vein. And what you find out is they're committed to you getting the results of the course. And so they say they don't lock the doors. I don't know if they ever did. Maybe they did. They were kind of extreme back in the 70s, I hear. But where it's coming from, because when people tell you that, oh, they lock the doors, where it comes from, people think, oh, well, they're like, you know, it's a cultic authority thing and they're trying to control you. They're going to brainwash you. That's how, that's how they hear it. But that's not the intention at all or the practice. When I did their programs, they said, you can get up and go to the bathroom whenever you want, but we'll have breaks every hour and 45 minutes to two hours. If you leave at a time other than the break, we will not guarantee you get the results of the course. So it's up to you. And that's how they hold it. And uh, they weren't locking the doors at start time. But every once in a while, when someone came in late, they gave them a, the leader of the course would give them a hard time and make an example of them, which you could hear two different ways. Right? You could hear as, oh, well, the authority figure to uh, exert their power and influence and stroke their own ego is uh, you know, humiliating the person in front of everyone else. You could hear it that way. Or you could hear it as the leader of the course is so committed to someone solving a chronic tardiness problem that they use the person as an example for everyone to learn from, especially the person. And one time that, that happened. And uh, it was someone I think who had been late a few times. And so they, the leader cho- chose that opportunity to make a teaching out of being on time because integrity and doing what you say is an important part of it. And it was groundbreaking for everybody there. You know, if anybody has any difficulty being on time for something, one of my favorite ways to think about it is if, if, you, if you have a chronic lateness issue, and let's make the distinction, which I borrowed from Landmark, between being on time and in time. Being in time is having your video up at quarter past the hour right when we started in that 60-second window. Being on time would have been having your video up if you're doing video, prepared, be ready to go a couple minutes before. And certainly being logged into this meeting five minutes before. That's how it looks to me. So if you have lateness in your life as an issue at all, or you're managing someone who has lateness as an issue, being on time means always being early. And you ask them, so if I gave you a million dollars cash, no taxes, cash, to not be late at all, ever, to be early to everything for 30 days straight, do you think you could do it? Of course they could. Of course they could. They'd do it. They'd do it for a year. As long as you kept dangling that million. Maybe a million isn't enough. It doesn't go very far these days. Let's make it a hundred million, right? 10 million people say is enough to never have to work again uh, in your life and have a, 
upper middle class lifestyle. Let's make it a hundred million though. Hundred million dollars to never be late for an entire year. Could you do it? If it was your job and you were going to get paid a hundred million dollars to never be late, right? Suddenly there's that dedication, right? Suddenly there's that commitment. You, you can feel it in people. You can feel it in yourself. So then the next question is, why do you need $100 million for that? Right? Why do you need $100 million? Why do you need an incentive to live according to a value you already have? If you care about being on time. And I would argue that you should. And that's the world we live in, right? With employee engagement, if you look at, you know, ask a 100 management consultants, what to do about their disengaged employees, a lot of what they're going to tell you about is going to be incentives. And if you ever read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? That's a book that basically compares employees to rats in a maze and looks at managing employees from that perspective. What in the clear and open paradigm would be considered supervision. Supervision is leaving the person's engagement on a contextual level right where it is and then figuring out how to trick them to perform better. Not changing their level of engagement at the level of essence. When, when Bodhidharma said no to Huike and allowed him to stand in the snow all night, that wasn't supervision. <laughs> that was management an extreme form of management but how does it apply you know an employee says i'd like to be considered for this open position the manager might say well i don't think you're quite ready for that or okay i'll consider it or why don't you write me a five page essay about why you're qualified for the job see that's a different result or, okay, well, this job, uh, this job that you're wanting to apply for would require excellent public speaking skills. So uh, on Friday, and today is Thursday, on, tomorrow on Friday, uh, you're going to do a 20-minute talk on X, Y, and Z. And then you see what they do with it. Then you see what they do with it. That's management that is oriented toward eliciting engagement holding a bar and saying, now what? Now what are you going to do? This is very different from the spoon-feeding kind of supervision that exists that most people call management. You know, I remember uh, where I got a lot of this kind of mentality because I certainly wasn't born with it and I certainly didn't get it from my parental conditioning. I had a terrible work ethic until I was about... mm, 26, 27, 28, somewhere around there. I'd gotten my first black belt in jujitsu in college, but that was, you know, you know, challenging, but not extreme. But when I was studying for my black belt in Aikido, that was another matter. In jujitsu, I was training two hours, three times a week. Uh, toward the end in Aikido, I was training 20 to 30 days out of every month because that's what it took because that's what it took. That's two, three hours of something almost every day for a year, year and a half. 
because that's, and nobody really required that of me, but that's what I wanted. What do you want? Your assignment, I'll talk more about later in this, at the end of the session, but your assignment is going to be to really dig deep about what it is you want that you don't have. What is it that you want that you don't have? And to begin to look at the reason or the source of that gap between what you want and what you don't have as being somewhere at the level of engagement, which is, of course, related to accountability. Because when you're engaged, you hold yourself accountable. When an employee is engaged, they hold themselves accountable. When an employee is disengaged, they invite supervision. And then the manager goes, oh, well, they need supervision. Well, I guess I'll meet them where they are and give them that. And the result is mediocrity. And nobody wins. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.